invite you to remain standing as we read today from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, beginning with verse 26. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ for each one of us. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter the seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which sown upon the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. We again say a word of greeting this morning to all of you. We are so thankful that you were here it is our joy to be able to celebrate our faith together with all of you. Let us pray. O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. Henry David Thoreau said, I have a great sense of faith in the seed. Convince me that you have a seed and I will be prepared to expect wonders. Jesus talked about the miracle of seeds, the wonder of what a seed can do. Jesus compares seeds to the kingdom of God. He said that it is our responsibility to sow the seed and to gather the seed and scatter it where it may be. And God will do God's part from there. And one day, as a result of us sowing the seed, there will be a great harvest from which everyone can benefit. Jesus compares that seed to the kingdom of God. Our responsibility, says Jesus, is to be the one who sows the seed. That is, to make sure that which God has prepared for the earth that is going to benefit all of us is produced, that there is an abundance. And of course, we know from other portions of Scripture that when Jesus talks about seed, he is talking about the Word of God, about the message of Jesus Christ himself and how that is to be nurtured so that one day it can do its job to the benefit of the kingdom of God. Every one of us are called to sow the seed to be scatterers of the seed, to place it wherever it may be, where it can take root and make a difference in the lives of people. And Jesus tells us that if we will do that, God takes care of the rest. God will nurture the seed and make sure that the seed is one day what it is supposed to be fully and completely, something that benefits all of us as a result. Now, within the life of the church, we think about our responsibility to sow the seed, the Word of God, that one day as a result of sowing that seed, we will benefit. 
For example, there is someone in our children's department right now who will one day be chair of the board of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church because she had someone sow seed into her life, that seed of faith. There is someone in our youth department right now who will one day sing in the choir and sing solos praising the name of God in this service of worship because someone is presently sowing seeds of encouragement into the life of that individual. There is someone out there right now who is a non-Christian who knows little or nothing about what it means to be in relationship with Jesus Christ, but someone will sow a seed of grace into that individual's life, and one day he will volunteer in vacation Bible school. We have to believe that that seed will produce an abundance, but it is up to us to be the ones to sow the seed, to get it out there, and let God do the rest. Now, what's interesting about what Jesus says is, that some of the seed is almost unnoticeable. It seems to be inconsequential. He talks about a mustard seed, one of the tiniest of all the seeds there is, but it can produce a great shrub. What Jesus wants us to be aware of, of course, is that sometimes, even in the tiniest of ways that may seem to us to even be inconsequential, the seed can be planted into somebody else's life and something great and good can come as a result of that. It is our responsibility simply to leave it up to God to do God's part. If we have done our part, then one day Jesus says the kingdom of God will benefit. That means all of us have a responsibility and an obligation to do what we can to encourage people in the faith, to offer up opportunity one to another to know what it means to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. Seeds really are miraculous. And when we sow those seeds, miracles can take place. But it has to be in God's time and ultimately, Jesus says, in God's way. I love to go to the farmer's market. I mean, I love it. I'm like a four-year-old at the farmer's market. And when I go with Susan, I walk in and I go, I want one of those, two of those, and four of those over there, and let's load them up. But that's at the very first stand that we reach. I mean, there's a whole farmer's market left. And Susan will say, now, John, let's wait a minute. If you will notice, those tomatoes are way too hard right now. Well, they look good to me, let's get some. No, let's walk the rest of the way and I'll touch them and feel them and we can look at, but look at all the okra and all the onions and all the purple whole peas and the peaches and the strawberries and all of those kind of things. And she calms me down and reminds me that we want to enjoy what God has provided in the right moment at the right time when it is ripe and ready to enjoy. Not when it is overripe or beyond its time. The same is true, I believe, in our relationship with God. Sometimes we want to hurry God along. We're praying for someone and we want God to go ahead and make that seed grow almost overnight in the life of that individual. But what Jesus says to us 
time and again is remember it is in the God's time that all of this will flourish and if we let God do what God can do something extraordinary will happen Henry David Thoreau was right we should expect wonder when the seed is planted as followers of Jesus Christ that is our role and our responsibility. So we do it day after day, knowing that sometimes we'll see the benefits of all that almost immediately, and other times it may take much longer than we ever anticipated. Think about Jesus for just a moment. He handpicked 12 men to be his disciples, and they were the biggest bunch of goofs you can imagine. They never really understood who Jesus was when he was actively in ministry in their lifetime. He gets frustrated with them over and over again. They are selfish when Jesus is vulnerable with them and tells them that he's not going to always be with them, that he's going to suffer greatly. They go, yeah, it's all good, Jesus, but which one of us gets to be first in your kingdom? They just don't seem to care much about Jesus. And if we don't read the end of the Gospels, we would say to ourselves, my gosh, why did he pick these 12 of all people? But what Jesus continually did was sow seeds into the lives of those disciples. And one day, those very disciples would all eventually die for the faith, except John, who had the responsibility of caring for Jesus' mother. They would be courageous and bold and tell the world about Jesus Christ. The fruits of Jesus' labor were long after he was physically no longer in their presence. But the seed was planted by our Lord and nurtured by God, and as a result, the church of Jesus Christ began to flourish. Think about the Apostle Paul. Paul himself went on several missionary journeys, at least the ones that we know about, traveling from place to place. He was imprisoned, he was stoned, he was whipped, he was starved. Don't you think somewhere along the way Paul said, I've done a pretty good job of sowing the seed and I'm not seeing much benefit. But as a result of what Paul did and what Paul endured, the church of Jesus Christ spread into the Gentile world like it never would have otherwise. I think about the early Christians, many of whom were suffering greatly for the faith, being imprisoned and tortured, and many even being killed. If you read the book of Revelation, there is a phrase in there that is used over and over again by John, the writer of the book of Revelation. He is writing to a group of people who are suffering terribly as followers of Jesus Christ. And he uses the phrase time and again, patient endurance. As if to say, don't give up. Hang in there. Keep plugging away. The fruits of your labor will be realized. And we know that because of the early Christians, we have the great joy of being in this holy place at this holy time on this holy day. Our responsibility is to sow the seed, to scatter it by the way we live our life, by how we interact with other people, by what it is we say, by living out the gospel message, by being a people of prayer, a people committed to the gospel in our own homes, among the people we love, in our place of employment, wherever it may be. It is on us, and sometimes the seed is scattered, and we don't even know it. We're just going through life. 
But God takes what has been scattered by us, whether we know it or not, and God nurtures it, and it begins to grow, and it produces an abundance for the kingdom of God. Jesus was really good about teaching people regarding those kinds of things they were familiar with. Do you remember the parable? Jesus starts by saying there was a man who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. We, of course, know that to be the parable of the Good Samaritan. The moment Jesus said there was a man traveling alone from Jerusalem to Jericho, it would have piqued the curiosity of those listening because nobody traveled from Jerusalem to Jericho alone. It was a notoriously dangerous trip. But Jesus knew that right away he could grab their attention if that's what he said. And then he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus also talked about those things which were commonplace on a daily basis for people. He said there was a shepherd. They knew all about shepherds and sheep, of course. And he said there was a shepherd who had 100 sheep, but one of them is lost. And he leaves the 99 to go and find the one. And he said... That's how God is with us. That would have piqued their curiosity, of course. And in the agrarian culture in which these people found themselves, Jesus talks a lot about seed. They understood that it was a responsibility to scatter the seed wherever it could. Some might take root and some might not. But nevertheless, it was on us to make sure that that seed is scattered so people can eat. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like that that it is on us to do our part. So we pray, knowing that when we pray, seed is scattered. We worship, knowing that when we worship, seed is scattered. We volunteer, knowing that when we volunteer, seed is scattered. We teach, knowing that when we teach, seed is scattered. We've done our part. And God promises to do God's part to do something with the seed that we have scattered. And in the world in which we live today, where much of planet Earth is parched with regard to a lack of love and civility and kindness and forgiveness and grace, wouldn't it be great for us as the church to be the ones who sow that kind of seed back into the world, to make a fundamental difference in our world for the sake of Jesus Christ? Jesus said this seed is like the kingdom of God. It might be small and appear to be inconsequential, almost unnoticeable, but it has a profound impact on that which God has created, that is, humanity. So we do our part, knowing that we are called not to give up. If we don't see immediate results from the work we have done, then we just keep plugging away. We don't give up. It becomes a part of who we are on a daily basis. Sometimes in the process of doing so, it takes root and makes a profound difference in someone else's life. Sometimes we may never know the results of what it produces. I remember when I was doing youth work a hundred years ago, I would have kids in my youth program that made me crazy. They were always the ones talking when I was trying to do something. Sally, stop. 
Leave him alone. Quit picking on him. Over here, hey, Bob, quit talking. I'm trying to talk. I mean, it was just that was a whole youth program. And almost every week at the end of MYF each night, I would go home frustrated. I didn't do any good. These kids make me crazy. And then as the years went by, all of a sudden I was on to other ministries. They would call me and say, John, I'd love for you to, to officiate my wedding because you made such a difference in my life. Do you remember the time you taught so-and-so? That was so important for me to hear. And I'm thinking, for you to hear, are you kidding me? You talked through that whole thing. <laughs> but somehow seeds took root and they began to grow and flourish and produce something. I cannot tell you how many weddings I did for kids I thought would never amount to much of anything, but God knew better. It is on us to do our part to make it happen. And dreams are a part of that process. We dream for those we know in our own families who are lost, who are broken and frightened, and we pray that somehow seeds will take root in their life and produce something great that enables them to know how much they are loved, to know that they are never forgotten, and that they are somebody in the eyes of the world and most importantly in God's eyes. So we keep doing it. We keep praying. I was serving a church. I had been there a couple of years when a woman came into my office and sat down and said, she, I've been praying, John, for a long time that we would have a resale shop as a part of this church. We're going to find a space and we're going to have items for resale. And when we produce revenue, we will then fund all kinds of ministries in this city. But I need several hundred thousand dollars to make it happen. We've got the space, but we have to renovate it. It will employ people. It will produce so much good. And I have been praying and praying that you and others will enable that to happen. I said, my gosh, that's a big responsibility. Why don't we all continue to pray and let's see what God can do? She said, God will take care of it. I have been praying for it. About six months later, a man in my congregation called me and he said, listen, I'd like to come by your office. He was a man who attended one of our services of worship, but quite frankly, I didn't know him very well. He just came in, sat down, got up and left, didn't participate in anything else in the church. But he called me and made an appointment, and he sat down. He said, I'm moving out of town. Oh, I said, I hate to hear that. He said, I just sold my business for $5.5 million, and it is my responsibility to give 10% of it back to the church. So here is a check for $550,000. He said, though, I have a stipulation. I believe God has spoken to me and said that this money needs to be used specifically for missions. If you have any creative idea about how that can be used, I would be prefer that it be used that way. I couldn't believe it. I told him about what this woman had said to me and how she had been praying, and he said, it makes perfect sense to me. God has been nudging me to do something. That resale shop was opened up. It employed numerous people. The business thrived. Missions supported by that resale shop thrived as well. And it has been almost 20 years, and it is still going strong. Because one woman 
planted some seeds, seeds of faith, convinced that in God's time, God's way, those seeds would produce an abundance. And Jesus says that's what these seeds are about, the kingdom of God, doing that which is good for our Lord. So what kind of seeds are you sowing as an individual into the world? What kind of difference are you making for the kingdom of God? What are we as Pulaski Heights doing to sow seeds into the world that will fundamentally make a difference not only in this generation, but in generations to come so that people can know the deep love and profound grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in their own lives? Growing seeds is our responsibility and God's responsibility. And if we do our part, God will do God's part, and the world will be much better for it. Let's go scatter. Let's go sow. Hallelujah. Amen.